How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down to, together to study the Word of God. And here, in today's study, uh, we're going to actually be looking at some biblical doctrines and points as they're going through the, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter uh, 19, we need to address something that um, I have to break the law. And uh, we're going to be going into detail. Um, unfortunately, uh, for them, um, we must obey God rather than men. And uh, for clarification... I am not telling individuals that you cannot go do, be, have, whatever you want. That's it's your personal choice. Um, I'm All I'm going to be saying today is what the Bible itself, in and of itself, flat out says. Whether you agree with it or not, that's up to you. All I'm just going to show you is what the Bible says, what the Word of God says. I'm just bringing clarification as to what the Scriptures flat out say. I am not telling people that they cannot go, do, be, have, identify, whatever they want. And so, just for clarification. But, under Canadian law, I am not allowed to preach this message. So, I'm sorry, but I must obey God rather than men. And if this gets me into trouble, my conscience is clean before God because I am bringing forth the Word of God. And if this offends individuals, then that's your choice, that's your problem, that's between you and the Lord. The reason it offends you is because it is the Lord's Word and that's why you don't like it. So, But again, I'm just, I'm just going to say what the Word of God flat out says. So, I'm the outlaw preacher. Brother Matthew, the outlaw preacher, and I'm going to preach the word of God, regardless what governments, kings, and emperors say. I don't care what popes, priests, and kings say. I care what the king of kings says. I care what God says. I care what the prince of peace says. I care what the Lord God Jesus Christ says. I care what the, the word of the living God says. And if you don't like it, you got a problem with God. It reveals your heart, your reaction to the word of God. So with that said, grab your uh, Bibles, notepads, and pens, grab your tea, grab your coffee. We're going to be studying the Word of God. Today's study brought to you by the Word of the Living God. So sit down, grab a hold of your seat. It's going to get interesting. <clears throat> okay, now with that said, this is going to be a doozy. Alrighty, so we're into the Gospel of Matthew. And we're in chapter 19. So please grab your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19. Picking up where we left off at verse 1 here. We see Jesus wraps up uh, his teaching previously here uh, with the people. And again, talking about the childlike faith and all of this kind of thing. And we're talking about the order, the family order, the family structure, and all these things. And uh, he continues on here in chapter 19, verse 1. And it came to pass that when Jesus had depart, had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee and came into the coast of Judea beyond Jordan. 
and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. Now, again, we talked about this before a bit. Uh, how many is a great multitude? How many is a great multitude? Well, that's an innumerable number. A great many, not like 50 or 100, a sea of people. A sea of people are coming. Great multitudes. It doesn't say a multitude. It says great multitudes. So this is a huge amount of people that's following him. And he healed them there. Verse 3, the Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him. See, the vultures just won't stop. The vultures and the jackals just won't stop. They continue just hounding Jesus. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him. So, you see, tempting is, uh, as you see, is the same with Satan tempting Jesus in the wilderness. If thou be the Son of God, if this is true, or if that was, so you see, it, there's a, the, it's not the question that's the problem. It's the way that the question is asked. It's the motives. It's the motives. It, it's the, the reason behind the asking is the attitude of this. Like the Israelites in the wilderness, they say, can God furnish a, a, a meal in the wilderness? It's not, that, it's not that they were insinuating that he can't, but we see that just the underhanded reasons of these things. Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? So they're trying to trip him up. The reason they're asking this is they're trying to fault find. They're trying to find an issue. They're trying to find a problem with Jesus in the way that Jesus responds. Now look at this. Now regarding divorce, this is one thing, but this isn't exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Now... I've mentioned this, I've gone over this before, one of our other studies about, uh, biblically about divorce and remarriage, that uh, a big problem with today's society and, and all these things is people have this in their mind that divorce means unmarried, that divorce nullifies the marriage vows. No, it does not. Divorce does not mean unmarried. Divorce does not mean marriage vows are nullified. Divorce just means a separation. Where if you have a problem between the two, uh, you would separate for a while. But God intended for you to get back together, to fix the issue. Divorce and remarriage is not supported by Scripture in any way. Divorce and remarriage. Have you not read that that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female and said for this cause shall man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they twain shall be one flesh wherefore they have no more they are no more twain but one flesh what therefore god hath joined together let not man put asunder look at this jesus says what god has joined together when you come together and you utter those vows. These are vows unto death do us part. And before the witnesses, and before the pastor, uh, before God, you are joined together. Let not man put asunder. Our feelings, issues, troubles, trials, whatever it may be, does not separate it. And then they said, verse 7, they said, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? 
Well, if that's the case, then why did Moses uh, utter in the commands and all these things a bill of divorcement, or where there is reason for divorce? Jesus says, verse 8, He said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. So it wasn't of God. It wasn't God's uh, God's uh, choice because God doesn't justify this. But because of the hardness of the hearts and, and the, con the constant troubling of the people, that, that uh, God then told Moses, okay, we'll just write this down, that there's uh, for regarding separation, but that does not mean a nullifying of the marriage. That there are certain reasons for parting to bring help bring peace, fix the issues. And I say unto you, verse, verse 9, I say to you, whosoever shall put away his wife except for fornication. Now, again, to doing a study of this, this is if the, the wife uh, lied about her virginity and uh, they get married and they finds out that she actually wasn't virgin. Well, she lied about her virginity and there was immorality in there. And, and so this here at the, the, at the offset, uh, at the beginning, at the marriage that, well, okay, there's a there went into this on lies and there was no truth there's insincerity so they never got married in the first place in this before god because the god doesn't bless this where the marriage is built on lies immorality fornication unfaithfulness so that there uh except before fornication and shall marry another um whosoever shall put away his wife except it be for fornication and shall marry another committeth adultery and whoso marrieth her which is put away doth commit adultery all right now what i want to do is i want to go back to verse uh six and verse four so if you have matthew chapter 19 look at verses four and six this is what i want to build on here just for a moment okay FYI, this message is illegal. If the this message, uh, the if the following troubles you, then might as well go somewhere else. All right, so we're going to take a look at Matthew chapter nineteen, verse four. Have you not read that he which made them in the beginning made them male and female, according to the word of God? When we do a study, the Bible alone, just taking a look at what the Bible flat out says. When God made all things, he spoke all things into existence. As the Bible flat out says, it says in Genesis, that God made, God created, God fashioned. And when God made the human race, he formed Adam, a man, from the dust of the ground. Now what is a man? We know what a man is. We know what a woman is. God formed Adam from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and created a living soul. When God made Eve, he, he caused a great sleep to come upon Adam and then God opened up the flesh of Adam, took out his rib, sealed him up, and then from his rib he formed Eve, a woman, a female woman. God made them male and female. Let me go down to verse 6. What God hath joined together, what God has ordained, what God has structured, what God has set together, what God has made as the order of the set order of things. Now, this world, 
this sinful world says otherwise. This sinful world says that you that uh, a man can be a woman, a man can get pregnant, women can be a man, and women uh, are are the exact same, and there's no difference between men and women, and much, much, much more. That you can that that you can identify, and that means you actually are. You can identify as as a bird or a cat or a cow or an animal you see some people identify as animals some people believe that they're actually wolves and horses and they're dead serious they actually do believe they are and and it's a and you are an evil person if you don't affirm their identity but what does the bible say about personal identity what is the difference between gender and sex your sex is your gender what you are born as is what you are because that's what God made you. As we see in the book of Psalms, God formed us in the womb. He formed us. He put us together and he gave us an identity, whether whether your, your gender, your sex is male or female. What you're born as is what you are, according to the word of God. The world says, oh, no, 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 because going through the development process, you can have a, a, a male body, but a female brain and that you act that, that your gender is different than your sex. Your gender is what you identify as what you feel more like. No, no, that's not even a thing that that's fake science. That's called science falsely so called, as the Bible says. But if we take a look at some of these things. I wrote a message a couple years ago regarding this homosexual homosexuality and the Bible and I just want to read to you what I wrote down here I want to share it with you you see many say in state that the rules laws and teachings of Scripture regarding homosexuality are no longer relevant today that our modern and advanced understanding trumps the Bible, and that God's judgments and lists of what is actually sin no longer applies. Mostly due to their argument that, that their argument, the world's arguments, many times when you talk to people about this and the Bible, many, many oftentimes they say that most of the mentions are Old Testament and no longer relevant because they're in the Old Testament. Um, so the Ten Commandments are no longer relevant. We see the prophecies of the Messiah are no longer relevant. Also, what is what is Old Testament? Well, this uh, Old Testament means Old Covenant, still under the Old Covenant. Well, when did the New Covenant get in, enacted? After the resurrection. The, the, the completion of the work of Jesus Christ then brings in the New Covenant, the, the establishment of the New Covenant. So John 3.16 is Old Testament. Much of the Gospels, then, technically is Old Testament. So, well, how far do you want to take this? So, they they say, the world says, that, that uh, these arguments of the Bible are no longer applicable because most of the arguments are Old Testament. But that's just willful ignorance and misuse of the teachings of the Word of God for personal gain and satiation of their guilty conscience. They deliberately try to twist and change and corrupt the Word of God invalidating the scriptures, changing the definitions of the words, 
to try to make scripture no longer uh, applicable to what it is that they want to do. But if we take a look at what they're saying, what they're addressing is they're addressing in the Old Testament Leviticus. In Leviticus 18 and Leviticus 20, there's mentions here. Leviticus 18, verses 22 to 23. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereto. It is confusion. The word confusion in Hebrew Tebel, which means perverted violation of nature. So God calls homosexuality and bestiality abomination and a perverted violation of nature. When you actually do a study on the Hebrew meanings of the words. This is what God thinks of this. God Almighty, who made all things, who created Adam and Eve, also says here that that homosexuality sodomy and bestiality is abomination men with men women with women or humankind with animal kind is abomination and a perverted misuse of nature that's just what god says in the bible if we take a look at Leviticus 20, verse 13, again, it says, If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed abomination. Again, he says it. Now, this is what God says. People will get all offended and upset and triggered and, 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 uh, the, and the say that this offends them and all that. We'll take it up with God. He's the one who said it. I'm just telling you what God says. And you say, well, I don't want to hear it. Well, then go somewhere else. So people people say, well, well, that again, that's Old Testament. That's Leviticus. It no longer applies today. We've evolved. We're different. Our society's changed. No, it hasn't. It's the same as Sodom and Gomorrah. If we go to Jude chapter 1, verse 7. Jude chapter 1, verse 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Now people argue and argue and argue about, what, what was it that Sodom and Gomorrah got condemned for? Well, it was because they didn't love God, because they were prideful. But no, no, no. It says because of their fornication and going after strange flesh. And we also know, and we go and read the study, their rampant homosexuality and the men of the city were wanting to rape the angels. Okay. But if we actually take a look at something here in strange flesh and going after strange flesh in Jude 1 7, strange flesh in the Greek, heteros, which means not of the sa same nature form, of another class of creature, bestiality. So not only were uh, Sodom and Gomorrah rampant with homosexuality, fornication, but also bestiality. This is why God condemned Sodom and Gomorrah, according to the word of God. Do the word studies. You can disagree all you want, but if we're going by the actual Greek, I mean, going by the actual Hebrew of the original manuscripts of what the scriptures actually are saying, you can say whatever you want. The scriptures are very clear. So the, so this is what Sodom and Gomorrah are about. And if we also go and take a look 
at Romans chapter 1, verse 26 to 32. For this cause, for what cause? The, the deliberately suppressing the truth and unrighteousness, corrupting the image of God, ignoring the Lord and going after their own desires. For this cause, in Romans 1, 26 to 32, for this cause, God gave them up. Let, let them go then. That's what you want? Fine. Go your way. God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of the heir, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection implacable unmerciful who knowing the judgment of god that they which commit such things are worthy of death not only do the same but have pleasure in them that do them and this is the talking about the condemnation the judgment the damnation of god now there's a word up here and likewise the men leaving the natural use of the woman burning their lust one toward another men with men working that which is unseemly so we see the Bible condemns sodomy, homosexuality, bestiality, fornication, uh, like going after strange flesh, all this. Now, there's another word here, unseemly. Now, the Greek word is a challenge for me. Aschemosun, aschemosun, which is the Greek word, which means to immorally reveal your naked shame. To immorally reveal your naked shame so men with men women with men, women ripping all their clothes off dancing naked before each other do you mean like the pride parades i'm just saying this is what the bible says this is what the bible says to immorally reveal your naked shame one with another, men with men, women with women. Burning in your lust toward the same sex. That's what it says. Right here, that's what it says. Romans 1, 26 or 32, that's what it says. You could disagree all you want, but that doesn't invalidate what it's saying. But let's take another in the New Testament, in the New Covenant. The, the New Testament, New Covenant does address this much. We take a look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 9 to 10. Knowing this, that the law is not made for righteous men, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers, murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, which means promiscuous persons, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. Now, defile themselves with mankind. The word defile, Greek word, arsenokoitis, arsenokoitis means sodomite, homosexual. That's literally what that means. 
for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind. Because it's an unnatural, uh, perverted use. It's, it goes against nature, unnatural affection. That's what that means. That the law of God is against this. That's what it says in 1 Timothy 1, 9 to 10. Again, you could disagree all you want. As there are many that call themselves pastors, call themselves preachers, standing in pulpits, saying that, that, uh, that all of these kinds of practices are blessed of God and holy. Like recently, there is some mock priest up in a pulpit saying, saying that transsexuality is a holy thing before God. I say that these mock priests, mock preachers, mock pastors have never actually studied the Bible. I'm just telling you what this book is just saying. Let's take a look at another one. How about 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 10? Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? You will not go to heaven if you are these things, practicing these things, unrepentant of these things, living in these things, and not seeking the salvation of God. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, adultery, nor effeminate. Now what's effeminacy? Where a man acts like a woman. A man acts like a woman. Is portraying uh, female characteristics. A woman, uh, uh, and uh, just as the Bible says that it is abomination for uh, for a man to wear that which pertaineth to women, and for women to wear that which pertaineth to men. God condemns that as well. Cross dressing. The Bible condemns cross dressing. The Bible condemns pedophilia. The Bible condemns homosexuality. The Bible condemns bestiality. The Bible condemns fornication, adultery, effeminacy. I'm just saying, look, the, this is what this book says. You can call this hate speech all you want. I'm just telling you what this book says. Now, again, remember, I'm not saying you can't go do, be, have, identify whatever you want. That's your choice. All I'm doing is telling you what this book says, what God says. You say, well, my God, well, then your God is not the God of the Bible. Clearly. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 10. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind nor thieves nor covetous nor drunkards nor revilers nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of god now defilers those that defile themselves with mankind abusers of themselves with mankind it means to defile now this is the greek word arsen arsenokoitis again the same the same as first timothy 1 9 to 10 which means sodomite homosexuality this is literally what the bible says so it's very very clear when we look at these things you could try to say well that's not what that means 
We're literally looking at the original manuscripts of the Hebrew and the Greek. The Old Testament Hebrew as it was given in the Hebrew. New Testament Greek as it was given in the Greek. This is literally what God said to his holy servants when the Spirit of God came down and told them what to write. These are literally the, the, what God is meaning what God is intending. When we look at the actual definitions in the Greek and the Hebrew, this is what it says. You can't argue with that. You can choose to not like it. You can choose to reject this and not listen to this and not accept this. That's your choice. But your rejecting and choosing to not listen does not invalidate what Scripture is flat out saying. So, to summarize, Old Testament and New Testament flat out condemns what our cultures and societies are trying to push and promote. Cross-dressing, immorality, fornication, lewdness, immorality, dancing naked in the street, uh, 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 having sexual activity with animals and all the rest of it, and same-sex uh, uh, relations, all this stuff. The Bible condemns it. The Bible condemns it. Our feelings our opinions what society dictates what governments make as law and rule is irrelevant now you could say be do have go identify whatever you want but that doesn't invalidate what god says originally in his word you will have to before god according to the word of god you will have to pay the consequences of your choice you could choose whatever you want. You could choose what path you want. You could choose what way to go. But you're going to have to stand before the Lord. You say, well, I don't believe that. Okay. You'll see. And all because I'm saying these things does not mean that I hate the individuals. You know, a Christian can choose to not like something, but that does not mean they hate the people involved with it. Because Christ died on the cross for all people, for all sinners of all kinds of sin, no matter what it is. He paid the price, the atonement for all sin. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And homosexuals and sodomites and the trans people, all these uh, uh, individuals, many of them repent and get saved. We have seen it. There are many testimonies of individuals coming from that lifestyle, repenting of their sins and believing the gospel. And Jesus Christ died on the cross for them. He is the atonement for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That there is no sin greater than the blood of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter who you are, what you are, what you've done, you can be saved. And all because individuals are practicing these things, again, we don't hate the people. We can disagree with what they're doing. We cannot like what they're doing. And that all because we don't like something, that doesn't mean we hate the people involved with it. And we take a look at something in regards to this as well. What about individuals? What about individuals who are living in these kinds of lifestyles? Which, according to the word of God, is abomination and accursed of God. God, God is against it. What about individuals who are living in these sins, but say they believe in Jesus too, and that God loves them, and that there's nothing wrong with their sin? Are these individuals born again saved? Can, can a homosexual live in a homosexual lifestyle and say they're loved of God saved? Let's see, what does the Bible say? 
Well, again, it's in the word, it's in the practice here, homosexuals, implying actively living as such, known as such. This reveals no repentance of sin and rejection of the biblical mode of salvation by repentance and belief. Homosexuality, by the word of God, is sin and abomination, accursed of God. And if there is no conviction, no repentance of sin, then what are they seeking salvation to be saved from? Just believing in Jesus does not save you. Knowledge, knowledge of is not heart faith. You must make it personal for the purpose of that which he came to do to save us from our sins. If you, speaking in general, are then not repentant of your sins and just intellectually believing by definition of knowledge of the mind and just intellectually believing by definition according to the gospel of God, you then are cheapening the gospel and are not saved. You can seriously, truly, intellectually know. But if repentance is not met, salvation is not given. Jesus Christ himself said in Mark 1.15, Repent and believe the gospel. That's what scripture flat out teaches. Jesus the Christ, Jesus, God manifested in the flesh, flat out says the same God has said all this about this other stuff. Says this about salvation. Whether we like it or not, and whether we think that our society can stand the adamant specifics of Scripture or not, this is the truth in the very Word of God. God specifically states that all those things that we talked about, as the Scripture flat out clearly says, that all those things are affronts to Him and our sin, and that any that fall in that list will not enter His kingdom. So God says. Whether we like it or not, whether we agree with that or not, God says, God calls the shots of his city, of his, of, of his place, of his heaven. God calls the shots of who gets to enter. Heaven has a big wall built around it with strict immigration policy. He says, you must repent of your sins and believe the gospel of my son, Jesus Christ, as he atoned for your sins on that cross, is buried and rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Believe on that, repent of your sins and believe the gospel. If you do not, you're not allowed in. That's what he says. And God lays out very clearly what is sin. All unrighteousness is sin. All unrighteousness is sin. Unrighteousness, that which is against the nature of of God. God lays down what is righteous, what is holy, what is true and accepted before him in his word, according to his word. And he also clarifies that which is against him. And if you are in that which is against him, unrepentant in that which is against him, you will not enter the kingdom of God. That's what it says. You could say, well, I don't want to go to heaven anyways. Well, that's your choice. That's your choice. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. You're allowed to believe whatever you want. You're allowed to go do whatever you want. You can go do, be, have, identify, whatever you want. You can call yourself whatever you want. That's your choice. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I'm just telling you what God says about this. That if you do actually want to go to heaven, if you actually do want to go to be with the Lord, 
This is what God says. You must repent and believe the gospel. You must believe on the Lord God, Jesus Christ, according to scripture. This is what God says about these things. All those things are affronts to him and are sin. And that any that fall in that list will not enter his kingdom. Even the effeminate are listed. Give that a, give that a thought. The effeminate are listed. Cross-dressing is listed. Whoremongery, promiscuity is listed. Homosexuality is listed. Clearly mentioned as abomination to God. And all because all because these verses like Leviticus or whatever mentioned in the old test are mentioned in the old testament does not make it void. Again, we're going to cover that. Isaiah, for example, clearly mentions the coming of Christ. Isaiah clearly mentions the coming of Christ. Is, is that of none effect then because it's in the Old Testament? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is for edification, wisdom, and knowledge. And you can't disregard one part all because you don't like it. Well, I don't like that, so I don't believe that, that it's applicable. What kind of logic is that? We may not like it. We may not agree. But God is God and his word is absolute and just. And every passage of scripture is given for a reason and for our learning. Romans 15 verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. They're written for our learning. Written for our understanding, for, for us to understand how to be justified before God. How to be saved from the condemnation of our sin. And there will be people, there will be hordes, multitudes, great multitudes of people that will try to come and corrupt the scriptures. Will twist it and change it and pervert it and corrupt it in many different ways. There are people that rewrite the Bible. Now you may think this is a joke, but it's not a joke. There, uh, there are those of the LGBT whatever community who have gone and literally rewritten the rewritten the Bible and made the Queen James Bible a gay Bible, the Queen James Bible, the gay Bible where God is gay, Jesus is gay, all the apostles are gay, and it's all about the promotion of the gay uh, agenda. No joke, and it is so bad that many of those of the gay community even condemn that Bible because it is so perverted. It is so bad that many of the gay community even hate it and think it's disgusting. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. These things are written for our learning, to learn the difference between the holy and the profane, to know what is sin and what is righteousness, to know how we are condemned in our sins and how we must be saved, to know how to be redeemed from the judgment of our sin, to know how, how to believe on the Lord and what the Lord has done for us so that we could be saved. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17 All scripture that's Genesis to Revelation. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for our for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. To know how to be be perfect before God 
This is God's perfection, where God perfects us in Christ. He perfects us in his righteousness, where he pours upon us his perfection, because in us is no good thing. For there's none good, no, not one. All, all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. But his goodness is imputed upon us. His perfection is imputed upon us. His spirit comes upon us and he washes us in the washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost. And he indwells us with his spirit and the righteousness of his dear son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is imputed upon us and we are perfected before God. That we may know how to be perfected. Now granted... In some arguments, they say, well, well, does that mean? What about the Old Testament laws of stoning and judgment and all this stuff? Are those applicable then? Now, granted, some of the old ways are no longer applicable. Like some of the specific judgings and punishments for actions, sacrifices, specific laws or whatever laid out for his people and the cultural laws. And some of these things are no longer applicable. And is clarified in the New Testament. God clarifies what things are changed who has authority to change the covenants who has authority to change the laws who had authority to do away with the old covenant and bring in a new one who had authority to do away with the sacrifices he which gave it the author of the book the author of the covenants the author of the law has the authority to change it as he sees fit God changed some of these things, and he clarifies what he has changed and clarified what he has not changed. But when it comes to what the Bible clearly states as, the, as those, for example, that will not enter his kingdom, what sins he condemns, what he clearly states as what he sees as he sees a sin, that we cannot deny or ignore. Choosing to ignore, choosing to omit, or change scripture to fit our beliefs is a very dangerous ground. Doing so is saying that God made a mistake and that we ourselves know better than him. And isn't that what society is doing? Thinking they know better than God. Where like I said at the, at the, at the beginning here, what I'm saying in this broadcast right now, is actually condemned by the Canadian government, the British government, the European governments. By many countries, I am a mass outlaw condemned by many countries for what I'm telling you right now. Because all of these countries say God made a mistake and we know better than God and they are censoring God they, they, they are putting a gag in the mouth of God telling God to be silent changing God's word condemning his word outlawing his word and saying to the preachers you're not allowed to preach on these topics you can say what you want you can go do what you want you can believe whatever you want. God doesn't make a mistake. In him is no sin. He did no sin. He knew no sin. God is infinitely holy, righteous, pure, and just. In him is no darkness, no shadow of turning. God cannot lie, and he's not the author of confusion. 
our understanding what we think is right cannot dictate god's commandments he wrote all of these things for a reason and blatantly ignoring this is spitting in god's face and choosing to disbelieve it and throw it away god's word is holy and he sets his word above his very name as it says in the word of god his word is above his very name and so therefore what is the first Thing that the enemy is going to seek to do invalidate the word of God try to bring in the idea that well it's full of errors it's full of contradictions it was just written by ignorant sheep herders that it does that, that it's all ignorance and it doesn't fit with our societal times that it's outdated the word of God is not right the word of God is against women it condemns women it promotes all kinds of nonsense the all of these ignorant individuals have no idea what they're talking about they know not what they do god sets his word as above his very word and saying that we don't like or agree with the word of god is choosing to not believe the word of god and calling god a liar and in such questioning the veracity of the word of god you are then calling it to question the veracity of the very names of god because if the word of God is above the names of God, and if the word of God is corrupted, what does that say about the names of God? Now, all because our time in society dictates freedoms and rights of certain people and cultures does not, therefore, dictate changes in the word of God. All because society changes, his word remains the same. Though our world were to go on for a billion years, his word would remain the same. God does not change. And all because society changes, God's not up there like, oh, oh, you, you believe this now? Here, let me alter my word for you. God doesn't do that. Sin remains sin. Hell is still hot. The cross is still rugged. The blood of Christ still flows. Salvation is still only by the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one way, one truth, one life. And all of our opinions and feelings are irrelevant. His word will not return unto him void. And God will not be mocked. Any that say otherwise run the danger of angering the Lord and in return will have his hand of blessing and protection removed and they will be condemned in their sin. Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city from the things which are written in this book. They will not enter the kingdom of God. God is a jealous and fearful God, as much as he is also gracious and loving and, and merciful Father. All of his word is applicable, and for our understanding and learning, and rejecting it due to personal ideology is rejecting him, and you will suffer the consequences, because you will then be of your father, the devil. Proverbs 1, 25-33 Proverbs 1, 25-33 But ye have set at naught all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity, I will mock when your fear cometh, when your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. 
when distress and anguish cometh upon you then shall they call upon me but i will not answer for they for they shall seek me early but they shall not find me for for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the lord they would none of my counsel they despised all of my reproof therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices for the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely, and shall be quiet from fear of evil. What God has put together, what God has ordained, what God has given a structure, what God has given his order, what God has decreed, what God has put together, let not men put asunder. You can disagree with this all you want. You can hate this all you want. You can you can scream and spit and curse and kick at this all you want. You can say whatever curses and vulgarities and name callings you want. It doesn't change the veracity of the word of God. You can have your parades. You can, you can dance in the street as you want. You can strip off your clothes and identify as an animal all you want. You will suffer the consequences according to the word of God. God says, For they as the children of Sodom did dance. God judged them. God also gave them a chance though. God gave them a chance. But how much more of a judgment do we have today? As the one preacher says, But Sodom had no Bible. We have the Bible. We have the Word of God. We have churches on nearly every corner. And they have been warned and warned and warned and warned for generations. They've been told. And people now, though, with the knowledge of the Word of God, more knowledge of the Word of God than even Sodom and Gomorrah had, how much more judgment will be upon our nations? And as the Lord says about your calamity and desolation, your destruction that comes to the world when your distresses and anguish that come upon you, you mean like the state that our countries are in now? Our governments are a joke? Our society is going down the drain? Our economy is completely destroyed? The wicked rule? The evil men, the evil kings and queens rule over our nations and are literally destroying our nations before our eyes? You mean that? As God says, in your destruction cometh as a whirlwind when distresses and anguish come upon you. Why? Because you would none of my reproof. When our governments kick God out of the out of the country, they kick God out of schools, they kick God out of the government, they kick God out of medicine, kick God out of science, they kick God out of education, they kick God out of everything. They ban God, ban the Bible, and they pervert the judgments of God. And then they wonder why wicked things come upon them. And they wonder why these things happen. God says, I will laugh at you. As it says in Psalm 2, when the kings of the earth gather themselves together against the Lord and against the Lord's anointed, and say, let us cast off their bands asunder from us, then he which sits in the heavens shall laugh at them and shall cause them to be in derision chaos god will cause them to be in chaos but look what it says it says against the lord and against the lord's anointed it's not enough that these individuals hate god they hate god but they're also turning their hatred upon the individuals that love god 
against the Lord's anointed, against the Lord's children, against his servants, against his saints. They hate the, the believers of the Lord Jesus Christ. They hate the preachers. That's why in our cultures, in our countries, they're arresting the preachers, arresting pastors. They're arresting street preachers. They're arresting the evangelists, banning the Bible, making the Bible hate speech. Why would they do that? You don't see them doing that with Muslims. You don't see them doing it with the Quran. You don't see them doing that with the mosques. You don't see them doing that with the Buddhists or the Hindus or any other religion. You don't see them doing only against, against the born-again Christians. Why is that? Because that while they knew God, they glorified him not as God, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened, professed themselves to be wise and become fools. They suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. While the, the, the law of God is written on their hearts, they rejected it. And they went after their own vile affections. God handed them over to it then. Because they know, they know. And that's what drives them at, at, at such a deeper, deeper passion of these things. Just as we see in Sodom and Gomorrah, as the men of Sodom, though struck blind by the angels, knowing that a supernatural thing has come upon them, and all, they were all struck blind. They still scrabbled at the door of Lot, trying to get at the angels to have their way with them. Calling out to Lot, send these men out to, out to us that we may know them. The word know means to, as a man would know a woman in intimacy. They, want, they wanted to sexually act upon the angels, knowing that they were angels while they were still blind. They, they're pushing each other, militant, militant, aggressive and militant against the door. And what, what's we seeing in society? Militancy of this kind of thing. Pushing against the churches, pushing against the schools, pushing it into the streets, pushing it into the government. And what does God say? My judgment will be upon those nations. And when the nations allow these things, glorify in these things, rejoice in these things, hate God with such vile hatred, curse God, and perverting his word, perverting his judgments, they would none of my reproof. What is God going to do to those nations? What is God going to do? I swear there are days, I swear I can almost hear the sound of the crackling of brimstone and fire falling from the sky. Praise the Lord, we're, we're in the age of grace. But as you see, as God did with Sodom and Gomorrah, as God did with the world in the time of Noah, as God did with Babylon, as God did with Rome, as God did with Pompeii, as God did with Nineveh, as God did with all these nations, as he did with Sodom and Gomorrah, he will do with ours. When a nation utterly rejects the Lord, when a nation utterly rejects the Lord and perverts his judgments, perverts his teachings and rejoices in their sin and iniquity with such vile affection as we see, when a nation does that, they're on borrowed time. They're on borrowed time. God will raise up other nations to come and fight against them. You see that again and again and again. How many times did that happen against Israel? Just as Rome Rome got so completely just overrun with, with their immorality. Rome was known as the immoral capital of the world. And God raised up the barbarians to come and utterly destroy it. Rome was destroyed. 
Go read about the state of the lifestyles, the culture, the way of life of the Romans at that time. And Babylon and Pompeii. I can't even begin to mention the kinds of things that were going down in Pompeii. You've heard of Epstein's Island. It, it was a billion times worse than that. And God destroyed it. God will destroy our nations. And people want to laugh and they say, oh, you're blowing out of proportion. You don't know what you're talking about. You're being crazy. Oh, you're nuts. Oh, you're, that's all hate speech. You don't know the Bible. You don't know what you're talking about. Love is love. Affection is affection. It's not hurting anybody. Then why did God speak against it so much? Then why did God call it out in such great detail so much? Then why does God hate it so much? Why? When we do the studies, when we study the meanings of the words, why does God mention these things in such great detail? Why is it that individuals that want that lifestyle fight so hard against what the Word of God says? Why, why does it bother them so much that God says this? You don't see them reacting to what the Quran says about those lifestyles. If you actually know anything about Islam, you know what Islam in the Qurans and the surahs, the things that it says what, what to do to individuals in that, but you don't see that, that, that individuals in these lifestyles going against Islam or even mentioning it for that matter at all. Only this. Why? Why is that? The word of God is very clear. Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? There are only two genders. Not 700 or whatever it is. Your gender is your sex. You are what you are born as. And all the rest is a spiritual oppression spiritual oppression because god made a set order the devil wants to destroy that order pervert the order wants to pervert the order of the rule of the house wants to pervert the order of the church wants to pervert the way of salvation pervert the judgments of god pervert gender pervert sex pervert all these things pervert the marriage bed the the, the devil wants to pervert the innocency of dear children God sets order, sets a structure, and the devil hates it and wants to fight against it and destroy it in every way possible that it can. In every form of entertainment, and the books, and the music, and everything. The way of life is completely upside down. Why is that? You can't go anywhere. You can't listen to anything. You can't see anything without seeing all of this stuff shoved in your face. Why is that? Why is that? Because unruly, wicked men is those that hate God, change the likeness of God. They serve the gods of their own imagination, a way of life of their own imagination, of their own creation. They serve their own imagination. But what should our reaction be? People say, oh, you're preaching hate. No, I'm not. Other than God hates sin. 
but he made a way of salvation. Oh, that's all hate speech. Call it what you want. God is uttering a hate speech. He hates these things. His wrath is upon these things. His judgment is upon these things. What about that day of wrath when God judges them for their sins? His wrath is upon these things. Repent of this thine iniquity. Repent of these things. Fall before the Lord and repent of your sins and believe the gospel and he will have mercy upon you. I'll have mercy upon whom I'll have mercy and judgment upon whom I'll judge. The Lord will deal. We go and we just utter the words of God. This is what the Lord has said. Say, we command you not to speak in the name of Jesus. We command you not to speak of these things. We ought to obey God rather than men. I cannot but speak of the things which I have seen and heard. What the Lord has said is what he means. Now what you do with this is your choice. Whether you want to accept this or reject this, that's up to you. I'm just telling you, look, this is what the Lord says. This is what God says. Say, well, I don't believe in God. Well, you will five seconds after you die. And you will say, I wish I'd listened. You say, well, you could say, I don't believe you. That's your choice. I'm going to go do whatever I want. That's your choice. You will suffer the consequences according to the word of God. According to what the Bible says, what God says. Well, the government says you're not allowed to speak of these things. The government doesn't over override the word of God. Yeah, well, science says doesn't override the reality of the word of God. There's science and then there's science falsely so-called. Yeah, well, biology, are you a biologist? No, but I know what the Lord says, and any person with half a brain knows what reality is. Knows that, uh, knows that a grown man cannot identify as an earthworm. There is such a thing as, a, as mental deficiency, as a mental illness. The Word of God talks about these things, and it's much more of that. It's a spiritual oppression. That the demonic powers come upon the mind and pervert reality, pervert the judgments, and pervert the understanding. When we look at the word of God and we look at the way the things have always been, then we can see the hand of the enemy at work. It's the same. Our society today is no different than Sodom and Gomorrah. No different than Rome. No different than Pompeii. No different than these things. When we look at exactly what God says about this stuff. Our reaction should be what the Lord has said. And if the Lord condemns that which we are giving our hands to, we must repent and believe on the Lord. Get ourselves right before the eyes of God, not the eyes of men, not the eyes of the councils of the world, not the eyes of the government, not the eyes of science. The, the, the teachers of the schools are completely perverted and don't understand. They're teaching atheism and nihilism. You're just an animal. When, you, when they teach you're just an animal, you're just an evolved animal, you're going to behave like an animal. When God is removed from, from society, you get nothing but chaos and war and destruction. You're just an animal. You're going to behave like animals. You're going to get a society of animals. Wild dogs running the streets. Perverting and destroying and ripping up everything. You just, you're, just a, you're just a chaos. You have no point of reality. You have no purpose of life. There's no reason for you to be alive. What is going to be promoted? Suicide by the government. 
assisted suicide is now promoted by the government just kill yourself the government says there's no reason to live you're, you're just a cosmic accident you're no different than a goldfish as Richard Dawkins says you have no more value than the dirt you walk on he literally says that you have no more value than the dirt you walk on this is what the, what the world says. This is what society says. This is what your rulers are saying. This is what your kings are saying. And this is what the king of kings says. The kings of the earth gather themselves together against the Lord and against the Lord's anointed. Let us cast off their bands asunder from us. The bands, that which is holding them to the ways of the Lord. That, that, that the control, the order, the structure that God has given. Let us cast it off. Like they cast off their clothes in the street to celebrate their immorality. And I am, am the evil one. For saying this? God is evil? For saying what he's saying about righteousness? Open your eyes. They talk about woke. Being woke. Wokeism. Wake up to righteousness and sin. Open your eyes and wake up to what the Lord has said about what is coming down the road. The judgment and the wrath of God that is soon and fast approaching. You can hear the rustling of his robes as he shakes with anger against the wickedness of this world. But God says, that's enough. And his patience comes to an end. What the Lord is bringing down the line should make you shake. Shake with fear. For right now, they couldn't care less about that and they shake with anger against God. They shake the fist at God. They strip off their clothes and make new new things where, where they lift up their backsides to the sky. Literally. They, a couple years ago, they had a scream at the sky event where all the liberals, all of the people of the alphabet community, all this have gathered in the cities, and they, they had a scream at the sky event. I wonder how many of you remember that. Where millions of people gather together and they just shout incoherently at the sky. You wonder what that was about. Screaming at God. And you guys soon what followed after that was of such debauchery and immorality i can't even talk about it the absolute madness and the chaos and the immorality and the debauchery and the lewdness and the vulgarity that our societies are promoting is just a manifestation of their sin and their iniquity but as evil as it is as wicked as it is getting they still can be saved. None are beyond salvation. That just shows the absolute depth of the grace of God, the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, that, that no matter how far you have fallen in sin, you can still be saved. Because God is not willing that any should perish. His anger towards sin, his wrath upon iniquity, his judgment that will be upon their condemnation as they condemn themselves and their iniquity, God still offers his hand of salvation. If you have but surrendered to me, the Lord says, if you have but believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You can still be saved, for by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast and praise God Almighty. It's by grace. Praise God Almighty that it's by grace. 
Praise God Almighty that it's not by our works, for who then could be saved? For the vilest of us become saints of God. We believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the Christians, fell on his face before the Lord got saved, became the Apostle Paul. All sin shall be forgiven. All blasphemy shall be forgiven. But to reject the Lord, fight against the Lord, reject the Spirit of God, you curse yourself unto death. The sin until death, you will never receive forgiveness. Rejection of the Lord until, until the time of your death, you will never receive forgiveness. But if you soften your heart to the Lord, you soften your heart, you hear these things and repent of this thy sin. Repent of your sins and believe the gospel. You will be saved. That's what the Word of God says. God has given us an order. He has given us a structure. He has given us His Word, His commandments. And the commandments of man do not override the commandments of God. The ways of man do not override the only way, the only truth, the only life of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the government does not override the word of the living God. Man's dictations do not override the dictations of God. You can condemn me all you want. You can arrest me all you want. You can judge me all you want. It does not override what the Lord has said. And someone needs to say it. Someone needs to stand up and say it as it is. To let the chips fall where they might. And if no one else will do it, then I'll do it. But there are many that say it. And they get mocked and scoffed and hated and ridiculed and cursed and attacked in every way. Censored, doxed, deleted, banned. Churches are literally burned down. Preachers are beaten up and arrested. The world goes wild when the righteousness of God is preached. The devils go wild when the righteousness of God is preached. And the sons and daughters of Baal and Moloch will rise up and fight against the Lord and against the Lord's anointed. And it's just a fulfillment of prophecy. As we were told this would happen. They will hate you because of me. And this world you, uh, you shall suffer tribulation. You will suffer persecution for my name's sake. But his word will remain. Though ten thousand fall by thy side. His word will always remain. Though the grass withers, the flowers fade, his word will stand forever. Though kingdoms rise and fall, his kingdom stands forever. Emperors, rulers, kings and queens and princes and dictators have risen and fallen. The Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the ruler of all rulers, the God above all gods remains the same. And his word will never return void. What God says... Let not man put asunder. What God has dictated, let us not change. But preach it as it is. Though they like it or not, whether they want to hear it or not, it must be said. It must be said. It must be said. Have you not read? Have you not read? It is written. It is written. It is written. As Jesus said to the devil in the wilderness. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God spoke these things. He gave these things. Who are we to call it into question? Who are we to question the veracity of God? Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, 
Well, you have your interpretation, I have my interpretation. That doesn't exist. There's only one interpretation, what it says, what it means. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they're moved by the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. The Lord says. And if this bothers you, this troubles you, then you got a problem with God. If, if this uh, rubs your fur the wrong way, this gets your nose out of joint. If you get triggered by all this, that just proves you hate the God of the Bible. You, you can call yourself a Christian all you want, but a Christian is a follower of the Lord God Jesus Christ of Scripture, and if you don't like the words coming out of his mouth, then your Jesus is a false Christ, is an antichrist. Your Christ is a devil masquerading as the Christ of Scripture. Your God is a devil masquerading as the God of the Bible. God is the God of all Scripture, whether you like it or not. Any questions? Any questions? What should then our reaction be? Go forth and preach the gospel to every creature. Keep preaching. Keep preaching the gospel. Keep preaching the way of salvation. Keep preaching Christ. Though they arrest you, preach the inmates. Though they oppress you, keep serving the Lord. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they do. We have one charge. We have one job. We have one thing to do. Unto us was given the message of reconciliation. The word of God. Preaching of the righteousness of the Lord, preaching against sin, showing the difference between the holy and the profane, how they are sinners and how they must be saved, and what salvation is. Salvation, the redemption of Jesus Christ from the condemnation of sin, how all have sinned, all are fallen away, all are become corrupt, there's none that doeth good, no, not one. For there's only one that is holy, only one that is just, only one that is righteous. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. We must keep preaching Jesus. We must keep preaching Jesus Christ, whether they like it or not. Our nations are going down the drain. Absolutely. Our nations are going down the drain. But such is to be expected. When a nation rejects God, God rejects them. God is not in our nations anymore. Our anthems are just a joke. Our anthems are an absolute joke. They're just... It's a mockery. Saying God is in our nation in any way, shape, or form is nigh blasphemy now. What kind, of, what kind of God would be the God of the nations that we live in? Not the God of the Bible. So as, as righteous Lot vexed his righteous soul with their wickedness every day, so we, like Lot, are vexed by the immorality of, of, our, of our society, but we must tell them, must warn them to escape, to flee the wrath to come, to flee because the judgment is coming. They must run into the arms of the Lord. They must run from their sins. They must repent and believe the gospel. Tell the people to flee from the wrath to come. Tell them to get themselves ready before the Lord because the time is coming short. The day is at hand. Open your eyes. Look out the window. Look at the news. Look what's going on and tell me that judgment isn't coming. Oh, they will laugh at you as they laughed at Noah. But the rain started and they stopped laughing. 
when the rain started to fall, the laughter got thin. The Lord will justify you. You don't need to justify yourself before men. God justifies you. God vindicates us. We're on the side of the Lord. We are given a job to do. We must keep preaching, regardless what they say, regardless what they do. So ignore the laughter. Ignore the mockery. Ignore the persecution of the wicked. Keep preaching Christ. Stand strong. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free. Stand fast. Hold the line. Fight the good fight. Keep the faith. Equip yourself. Be strong. The time is coming. All this will, will be deleted, censored, removed. These broadcasts may stop because the government may seek to stop it. As I have seen, I have literally seen other powerful gospel preaching YouTube channels just gone. Churches literally shut down, burned down. Preachers arrested, persecuted. What are you going to do when the time comes? Where will you go? How will you stand? How will you fight? Get your nose in the book. Start studying. Start memorizing. Start preparing yourself. Judgment is coming. We, we are on the right side. I've read the back of the book and we win. But until that day, we have a job to do. That is to preach Christ, whether they like it or not. We ought to obey God rather than men. Choose you this day whom you will serve. All right, let's go down through here. Good morning, good morning. How's it going, folks? Uh, Jacqueline says, you're one of the only ones that taught 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 10 correctly. Thank you, a.k.a. that law preacher today for sure. God bless and keep you to have the courage to teach truth. Thank you. Amen. As Bruce says, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. That's right. We are in the world, we're not of the world. Touch not the unclean thing. Come out from among the bees, separate, saith the Lord. We are separate from the world. We are in the world, but we are separate from the world. We're in the world to warn the world. To open the eyes of them around us. Open the eyes of the world. Like the Ninevites, as Jonah went to Nineveh and preached that wicked city. They repented. They repented. By the preaching of Jonah, we, like Jonah, walk out into our cities, into our areas, and preach the gospel of Christ. Warn the people who try to open their eyes. You can't preach conviction. You just got to preach the message. And the Spirit of God is the one that brings the conviction upon the hearers. Those that have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit saith. It purely says, we're praying for, uh, for you, our fellow humans who are living against God. We love you and pray you accept the Savior who pulled us Christians from the dark pit. Amen. Jacqueline says, yes, but great is your reward with God. Keep preaching truth. We all need truth. If a believer gets mad, take it up with God. It's the word rightly divided. That's right. Bruce says, so you have the same problems as us in America. <laughs> you should see what's going down in Canada. My goodness. My goodness. But it's to be expected. The closer we get to the end, the worse it's going to get. You think it's bad right now? It's going to get much, much worse. Much, much worse. It's going to get so bad it'll make your head spin. But we need to prepare ourselves. Get our nose in the book. For those familiar with the word of God won't be surprised by the state the world is in. 
Get yourself right with the Lord. And what the Word of God says. So, just some things to think about. As the Lord has given us His Word, and the Lord has given us order, He's given us a set structure, people will get mad. But the Lord remains the same. His Word remains the same. Societal dictation does not override the Word of God. The progressives will say otherwise. The liberals, the Democrats, those that hate God will say otherwise. They'll twist the scriptures, cherry pick and, and modify, give new meanings, new definitions, all stuff to they'll completely rewrite the word of God to try to justify their sin and wickedness, their God hate and all the rest of it. We just got to stand strong. Stand strong, plant our feet, root ourselves in the word of God. Build our houses on the rock, not the sand. Then the Lord will justify us. The Lord vindicates us. The Lord fights for us. The Lord fights for us. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are that which is spiritual. This is our sword. Is not my word as a fire and like a hammer that breaks the stone to pieces? This is our war hammer, our sword. This is our fire. This is our armor. Faith in Christ. He, he is our armor. He is our shield. He is our sword. We go forward with the word. By the power of the Spirit of God, he will teach us. And they went everywhere preaching the gospel and the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. The Lord will confirm. Don't worry. Stand strong, fight the good fight, and wake up. Amen? All God's people say amen. You know, I think it was, I, I think it was Spurgeon. I think it was Charles Spurgeon who said, now this is back in the 1800s. Back in the 1800s. Uh, Spurgeon, I believe it was, who said, if if God doesn't judge our nation soon, he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, that's the 1800s. Could you imagine what Spurgeon would say if we could build a time machine, went back and grabbed Spurgeon, brought him up to here today and turned on the news, showed him everything that's going on? What do you think he would say? Very yet. Well, we went back in time, we grabbed Peter, James, John, Paul, went back, got Elijah, Samuel, Daniel, uh, 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 the others, and brought them up to today. What do you think they would say? Or better yet, take these individuals, show them the state of the churches. What do you think they would say? You know, I, I've said it before. I've said it before. I'll say it again. What if, what if we, and I'm just using my sanctified imagination here. What if we were to go and bring Jesus in the flesh and, and invite him to some of these churches? You know, I've said before, that many of today's churches 
would not even allow Jesus in the pulpit because they'd say he's too judgmental. They wouldn't allow the apostles or the prophets in the pulpits because they're too judgmental, not loving enough and accepting enough. You know, I dare you to tell me I'm wrong. Um, Martha here says, my sister's church just brought in a panel of specialists that talk about LGBT issues. They basically preached complete acceptance. They quit complete acceptance of what? Of that which is against the nature of God? See, people can say whatever they want. They can create temples to Baal all they want. These preachers that preach the acceptance of that are preachers of Baal. They're not preachers of God. They're mock priests. Mock priests is what they are. Because they're not priests of God. I stand before you as a priest of God. We are believer priests. Priests of the temple of God, of the word of God. We must stand in the holiness of the Lord. Preaching like a prophet the words of God, thus saith the Lord. And if the people don't like it, then that's their problem. They will meet the judgment. And Jesus said, if they will not hear you, if the people will not hear you, nor accept the words that you say, brush off the dust of your feet at them as, as a sign. For as, as the Lord was with Sodom and Gomorrah, he will be upon them. The Lord is the one that condemns. If they will not accept the truth, then they damn themselves. Uh, also, like I've said before, it's a prayer of mine. I, I hope there are pillars in the throne room of God on Judgment Day that I can hide behind when it comes some people's turns to stand before God. And the preachers that preach sin and filth and wickedness that twist the word of God and preach false Christs, that preach unholy affection from the pulpits, they will meet greater damnation. I, I, want, I, I don't even want to be in the room when it comes to some, of, some people's turns. Such a wail, such a cry. Many in that day will cry, Lord, Lord, and they will scream and cry because they thought their God was the God of the Bible. They were warned, they were told, they were told many times. They even had Bibles in their hands that they deliberately twisted and ripped up and condemned and perverted, and they bring upon themselves swift destruction. They do it to themselves. We, like the watchmen on the wall, warn them of the danger to come. Warn them, and we must warn, regardless of the outcome, regardless of their threatenings, Lord, as Paul says, behold their threatenings. The government's threaten. It's not a joke, folks. I, I'm in, I am in danger of the law. What I have said today, police could literally turn up at my door and arrest me for preaching the, this Bible. 
for preaching this, for saying th this, as what the, this is what the Bible flat out says, I can be arrested. And for much worse. They must be told anyways. It must be said. As they hauled up, as they hauled up Paul, as they hauled up the apostles, as they hauled up the prophets, for which of the prophets did they not kill? As they did to our master, as they did to our master, our Lord Jesus, what makes you think that you should be treated any better? Look what they did to Jesus, who did nothing wrong. Look what they did to Jesus. All he did was preach righteousness and forgiveness, love and mercy. He healed the sick and he fed the hungry. He did nothing but good. And look what they did to him. What makes you think that you should be treated any better? So as we take a look at some of these things, what the Lord has said is all that matters. Our Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. So what do you say? What do you say, folks? What's your thoughts? I'd like to hear your thoughts. Now, again, to clarify, I am not preaching hate. I am not hating on people. I'm just telling you certain actions, behaviors, lifestyles, and things that is promoted by society. That is the big thing right now as we talk about the different goings-ons. This is what the Bible flat out says about it. It doesn't matter what society says. It matters what God says. So if you and you can choose to agree or disagree, listen or ignore, you can choose to choose to accept this or reject this all you want. You you're allowed to go do, be, have, identify whatever you want. I'm just saying, look, this is what the Bible flat out says. And I'm not preaching hate. I'm not telling others to hate on people in no way, shape, or form. Am I saying that or or any of that kind of thing? I'm saying, look, this is just what the Bible says about this, and that this is sin, and this must be repented of, and you must believe in the gospel. That's all I'm saying. Okay? So, I hope that, uh, I hope that uh, this has helped you. And if you appreciate these studies, please give this a like, give us a thumbs up to show your support, and uh, share this around. Share this around. Get the word out there. Get the word of God out there. This is a message for the saints, for the churches. This is a message for the churches. I would ask, if you if you would, it's up to you, send this message to your pastors. Send this to the churches. All right, um, now we got a question here. On, uh, what is Numbers 24? I'm in Numbers 24, verse 17. Uh, okay, uh, this is a 17, 20, Yeah, this is a passage actually that talks about in verse 17, uh, a star out of Jacob. This is actually a prophecy of the Christ Messiah. There's a prophecy of the Christ Messiah as it correlates with uh, Matthew uh, chapter two. Actually, I talked about this at the beginning of when we started this uh, walk through the Gospel of Matthew. Um, 
as we see, for example, uh, the, the wise men who come to Herod and they say that, uh, in verse 2, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come forth to worship him. The, the star that would come that announces the, the arrival of the Christ Messiah, the star out of Jacob, as it says here. So this is actually a prophecy of uh, the Christ Messiah, about the announcement of the Christ Messiah. Um, but, and it goes on, it changes context here in verse 18. Um, Edom shall be a position, uh, Seir also shall be a position for his enemies, and talking about the judgments of these things will happen. Out of Jacob shall come he that shall have dominion and shall destroy him that remaineth in the city. Again, talking about the things that will happen. Jesus talks about the destruction of Jerusalem. As the one shall come that shall have dominion. That's our Lord. And shall destroy him that remaineth in the city. Talking about Jesus announcing the judgment. How Jerusalem be destroyed. Which happened in 70 AD by the Romans. So this is what this is talking about here. Uh, talking about the Christ, the, the arrival of the Christ, and about the uh, the events that will occur in this. Um, so purely says, I'm staying in commune with the Father all throughout the day, preparing myself to be rejected and hated for witnessing. We must encourage each other. Each other. So thankful for the, the bold who encourage me. Amen. So as iron sharpens iron, let us sharpen each other. Let's help each other. Um, purely says, and we can't leave another to stand up for the Lord alone. We all should be uh, as busy about the Lord's business as the enemy is to destroy. Yeah, amen. Um, and I uh, also got a question. Ash, uh, Isaiah 63. Does Isaiah 63 talk about this too? Um, yeah. Uh, yes, uh, I get much of Isaiah actually is uh, uh, prophetic about the Messiah. We see Isaiah seven fourteen, Isaiah nine six, Isaiah fifty three, uh, Isaiah sixty three. Also talking about this um, and about the the arrival and the judgments of these things. Uh, so yeah, all all goes through uh, Jeremiah thirty one twenty two, Micah five two. Uh, there is much throughout there. Yeah. Um. So I hope uh, that addresses that. All right, so we got to wrap that up there. So again, today's message, again, a message for the saints. This is what the Bible says about this, because I have seen so much of uh, liberal Christianity, uh, so-called. Um, uh, uh, those who profess to be Christians reveling in and, and uh, accepting and justifying all the things of society and perverting the judgments of god perverting the word of god and i just needed to stand up and say look this is what the bible says and all those who say otherwise are wrong i challenge you to take these things that i have said and show me from the word of god and the word of god alone how i'm wrong you can you can judge me condemn me all you want but it doesn't change and alter what the word of god says and if you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a disciple of Christ, if you call yourself a believer of God, if you say you actually love the God of the Bible, then this is, the, this is what God's word says. This is what it says. You could say all you want otherwise, but it doesn't alter or change what the word of God says. And we need more saints to stand up and to push back with the word of God. Not in violence, not, not physically. Not to mock and scoff and ridicule and curse. Render not evil for evil. Speak evil of no man. But to stand up and say, thus saith the Lord. We need 
prophets. We need individuals who will stand up like the prophets and say, look, this is what the Lord says. Thus saith the Lord, enough with this wickedness being promoted in churches, enough with these mock priests. We need to stand up and point the finger and say, look, this is what the Lord says. We need saints of God to stand up like prophets and say, thus saith the Lord. We need this. We need the holy men and women of God. We need saints with backbones. We need saints that have a voice, that aren't afraid of the wicked, that are afraid of their faces. And as a, a great saying, one of my favorite sayings, actually. Um, by Willie Mullen, a great Irish preacher. He says, I don't covet your smiles and I do not fear your frowns. I do not covet your smiles and I do not fear your frowns. I don't care what the wicked say. I don't care what the world says. And I don't care about the acceptance of men. I, I can get used to being a societal pariah. I don't care. But I care what the Lord says. And thus saith the Lord. There you go. So there you go. I hope this has been a help, a comfort, and encouragement. I hope this will uh, stir up a fire under you. Stop fighting societal issues with politics. Stop using their words, their arguments, and all this stuff. Start using scripture. And this is one thing I've been seeing across social media, across uh, everywhere, and, and in, uh, with a lot of other people, is they're fighting back against the, the march of society, of sinful society, fighting using philosophies and, and using psychologies and using the arguments of the world to fight against the world. There's only one thing that actually changes lives and changes minds and that's the word of god we need more saints to stop using the arguments using politics and everything else and start using scripture start quoting bible push back with the word of god you want to stop the march of sin use bible use scripture only the water of the word will stop and uh, stop and quench the fire of hell only the water of the word will quench the fire of hell. Nothing else will. None of our reasoning, none of our logic, not science and philosophy and medicine, any other thing, political, philosophical, psychological arguments, only the word of God. We need more saints who will use the word of God to get, to get uh, skilled in using the word of God. Start using this. Get your nose in the book. Touch not the unclean thing, the ways of the world. Get your hands on the word of God. Start preaching scripture. Thus saith the Lord. So there you go. So wrap that up there. So thank you so much for joining, folks. Again, if you appreciate this, these, these studies, please show your support by giving this a like. Show your support by giving this a like to show you stand with this and start sharing this around share this message with other christians send it to your pastors send it to other uh, professed christians other saints and get the word of god out there get your nose in the book understand this is what the word of god says you get familiar with this argument and start preaching it too you get out there and start getting busy get the gospel of jesus christ out there and with that i also want to offer to you 
on our website christiancoffeetime.ca we have free downloadable gospel tracks where you can uh, download and print them up it's all free get the gospel of jesus christ out there and we also have e-tracks where you can email them as well get busy get busy about the gospel the time is coming short the lord is coming let him find us busy let him find us working being faithful to him him who has called us out of this world and then called us to go back and preach the gospel of jesus christ so let him find find us faithful in this so get busy so with that wrap that up there thank you so much for joining folks god bless you god bless all those who love our lord god jesus christ god bless all those who love his holy word hope to see you again and as always if i don't see you again i'll see you in the sky god bless